Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly presented by Whiskerware Apparel along with Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes and Doc, we got a bunch of stuff to go over tonight. Yes, we do. Been uh been really nice day in southwest Missouri today. I've been sitting here with been on the phone and and lining stuff up and talking to people and doing different things and uh I really really need to get to the lake. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, going tomorrow. Yeah, me too. Uh, Cindy and I are planning on leaving in the morning. If we can find some bait, we're going to try to do some video stuff and and uh, uh, test out some new products and things that that uh, some of the, uh, the cool people that deal with us have sent us to use and and uh, try to catch a couple of fish. I ain't caught that one little dinky fish is the only thing I could, but I'm feeling pretty good. The shoulder's not hurting, so I'm ready for something a little bit bigger, maybe uh, 15, 20, 30, 40, 60, you know, something 800 yeah whatever hits and if i can't handle it i know cindy will be right there with me i, I yep. there's no doubt we're gonna we're gonna get one on and get it in a boat and see how things work out it's gonna be a blast we're gonna have a good time and i'm excited good deal i uh doc i've been getting a lot of people asking about uh the catfish weekly national championship and uh, there's a couple of things that I'd like to talk about tonight. They, they've been asking about rules and different things, and I have got the rule package put together the way we want it. And before I post that, I'm going to send it out to some of the, uh, like you, yourself, Doc, and, and other guys uh, that fish a lot of tournaments that I think will give us great input to make sure that this is the package that we want and that it'll be fair for everybody. We're trying to make this as foolproof. When you guys get to Lake of the Ozarks, I want it to be uh, as smooth run as we can possibly make it. So we're trying to get everything lined up to make it uh, as good event as possibly can. Uh, the other thing guys have asked about is, you know, they, they're talking about the $300 entry fee and what the payout's going to be. And we, we've said from the beginning, we're going to pay 10 places. Uh, anything after that will be sponsorship products and and stuff that we get from sponsors. And I want to, to let everybody know tonight that we have 92 or 94 people qualified as of today. Uh, there's going to be two tournaments this weekend. So after Saturday, uh, you've got the JKV Cancer Tournament this weekend, and you've got the Tri-State Shootout this weekend. That will qualify a minimum of 10 more people. Well, no, 20 more people. But top five and a minimum of two people per, per event. So you're looking at another 20. So we're going to be over 100 people qualified. Now, Doc, if, if we have 100 people qualified, we'll have 50 teams that are ready to go They'll be eligible to fish this event. Now, if 50 boats show up, first place will pay $6,000 with 50 boats. Okay. Second second place will pay $3,000. Third place will pay $1,800. Fourth place will pay $1,500. Or fifth place will pay $1,050. Sixth place will pay $600. Seventh place will pay $450. Eighth place will pay $300. Ninth and tenth will pay $150. That's with 50 boats. So guys are wanting to know why my tournament series is not involved. Well, they, if they haven't been invited, it's probably because I don't know about them. If you want your tournament series or your tournament that you're going to fish to be involved with it, 
have them directors get a hold of us. We want everybody involved throughout the United States. I don't care where you're at. And here's an example. I'm not going to dwell on this. Our goal for this tournament is to have a minimum of 200 boats qualified to show up. If 200 boats show up to this tournament, first place will pay $24,000 if 200 boats show up. Now, that's a ton of money. And if that doesn't make tournament directors want to get their money in to qualify their top five, I don't know what will. Um, on that, that's the goal is 200 boats qualified to show up. If 200 qualified boats show up to that tournament next May, a year from this May, first place boat will be eligible to win $24,000. So if you guys want to be involved with this, if you want to get in there, get them tournament directors to get in touch with us. They can email us at catfishweekly at gmail.com. They can send me a message online uh, through Facebook, through Catfish Weekly, through my personal account. This is some serious money. I don't know of any place that pays out that kind of money to win a tournament, but it's only going to be the top 10. So after that, it will be sponsorship prizes and, and things that, that sponsors give us. There's going to be a lot of contingency money from different companies. I've talked to several of them. They're on board with that. You'll have to have their products. You'll have to uh, have their stickers on your boats and stuff. This is stuff that we're working out now. We're working to get motel rooms at a discounted rate. We're working with restaurants to get things signed up so you can go to these places and eat and get a break on stuff. We're trying to make this as big and as best we can. And I don't know any place that you got a chance to make on oh, 50 boats to win $6,000. That's a very, pretty serious jack. Um, yeah. I got to tell you, Doc, if I can find somebody to run it, I'm going to try to get qualified so I can fish it. It's a, That's a, a big deal. And for the guys that are wanting to know, that's where we're at right now with the way plans are. Uh, it's going to be a major event. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if we can get... Uh, 100 or 200 boats to show up to this year. 2018 qualifying events will be huge deal. It'll be even bigger, and we're going to have the same format, run it the same way, and the payouts will be bigger again. So for you guys that are wanting to know about that, go to the Catfish Weekly National Championship Facebook page. If you have any questions, send us a message. I'll get you the answers as quickly as I can. Uh, there's going to be a lot of good information on there. Uh, as we update rule packages and places to stay, all that stuff will be on there. You'll be able to find out everything you need to know. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. If you can't have fun in Missouri at the Lake of the Ozarks, you probably are too serious about what you're doing. Yeah, and we had, what, Boomer on the show two weeks ago and gave us, a bunch, gave us a bunch of information. I'm sure we're going to have him back on again. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and Boomer made the offer to anybody that wants to know anything. They can really uh, – you can contact him. He's such a great guy. I've known him for quite a while. Uh, really, really a, a good guy, and he'll, he'll help you with anything he can. Uh, I will do my best to help you with what I know. Uh, nobody's going to give you their fishing spots, but if they're catching them on ledges, they're liable to say, hey, we're catching them on ledges. You need to try that. If you need – if you're – that lake is so full of shad and, and there's no skipjack or anything like that in it. So that's going to be your bait. It's usually very easy to get. 
And uh, hell, if I'm getting it in the back of the coves, I'll say, hey, go to the back of the cove and get it. If I'm getting it out on the points, I'll tell you, go to the points. That's that's where we're catching our shed. Uh, but regardless, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great event. We've got the park board and the conservation guys. Everybody's involved. Everybody's happy we're going to do this. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm planning on there being some serious money paid out to some guy that spends his time and puts it all in. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I can't wait for it to get here. But in the meantime, I need to get my butt to the water and catch a couple of fish so I can kind of get this grime off. And I feel dirty because I haven't caught any fish. You get like that, Doc? No, because I'm always catching fish. At least I'm trying to. <laughs> well, that's great. You got anything that we need to go over right off the bat? Uh, do you want to do the tournaments uh, that happened over the weekend? Or you, wanna you wait want to wait until it, it makes sense. Yeah, Either yeah. Way. Chris don't mind waiting. He he just sitting there real patient. I know him real well. well so I know for yeah. a fact. He told us a while ago he got eight hours sleep over the weekend. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> all right, we'll kind of we'll start. I'll start it off here. Um, a lot of tournaments over the weekend. One of the big ones was the Sea Arc tournament. Generally, Lyle and I go down and we kind of go who over over the pay places. Well, they paid down twenty one places. I'm not going to read twenty one spots. I am going to touch on the top five though first place is kevin parks and ryan Nagy, 188.97 pounds of fish second jim louder milk and steve jones 142.57 third david shipman and brooke wilbanks 139.64 fourth place phil brown and kristen brown 130.32 fifth place justin connors and tabitha linville 128.51 big fish of the tournament was Kevin Parks and Ryan Nagy 82.49 pounds the second big fish was Phil and Christine Brown and it was a 76.71 pound fish that's sea arc down around mine and Chris's way this past weekend Kiwana fishing Kiwana River Catfish Club they went out on nitro ramp on the Kiwana River. First place, Greg Atkins and Noah Eblen, 75.8 pounds. Second, Cody Gore, Richard Wade, 70.15 pounds. Third, Joey Eddy, Richard Wallace, 61.9 pounds. Big fish was a Michael Remy and Eddie Beller, 41 pounds. Uh, SWOCC out of Schmidt Ramp, which is downtown Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, first place, Adam and John Denier, 117.1 pounds. Big fish, they had big fish of the tournament, which was a 29.7 pound fish. Second was Vic Shepard and, and Matt Beck Dalt, uh, 62.1 pounds. Third was Willie Smith and Drew Brenner, 41 pounds. They had 41 pounds. Next tournament is a tri-state tournament. That is this coming Saturday, going out of Tanner's Creek, Indiana. That's from 8 to 4, and that is a national qualifying event for the Catfish Weekly National Championship. We're uh, really another, excited about that. 
Yeah, another tournament series that's real close by here that I like getting involved with, Cat Chaser Series. It's run by director Dana Jackson. They fished out of Paint Creek Lake. I did, I did hear back from one of the guys. He said it was a tough bite. Generally, this lake really gives up some heavy weights, but it didn't this weekend. First place, Corey Copas and Hayden Porter, 28.14 pounds. Second, Jeff Corley, Tony Bernardo, 25.12 pounds. Third, Willie and Stacy Smith, 22.4 pounds. Fourth, Paul Bowman and Paul Bowman, uh, the second, 19.8 pounds. Big fish was Ernie Johnson with a 10.9 pound channel cap. And that is all I've got for tournaments. Well, your go, Lyle. How about if I try this for a minute? All right. The Central Missouri Cats had their tournament over the weekend. This was also a national championship qualifying event. Daryl Horde and Wayne Drummonds won it. Mike Porter and Sean Graham was second. Wayne Stevens and James Good was third. Dave Swearington, Marty Dar, a couple of really good guys in the sport, got fourth. And Danny McGraw and Brian Sanders, another pair of outstanding guys, got fifth. Those guys are all qualified for the Catfish Weekly National Championship coming up next May. So there's some more guys that are involved with this. Uh, Going to be a lot of fun. Now, let me switch gears here and get on another page. Jerry Dillard sent me the results from the central texas catfishing trail last the past saturday they had 18 boats on lake bardwell uh michael houston and vest cooks for the win 56.90 pound stringer and also big fish a 23.94 pound blue cat second place was john dillard and jerry dillard to 46.5 pounds uh third place went to randy miller and johnny ward results from central texas catfish tournament uh, on Lake Whitney, first place went to John Dillard and Jerry Dillard, 41.88 pounds and had big fish, 11.96 blue cat. Second place was Roy Ewing Garth Goodwin with 38.58 pounds. And third place went to John Edwards and Frank Ellis with 28.78 pounds. Uh, thank everybody for the 20 boats that showed up and battled the 25 mile an hour north winds that blew for five hours during a tournament. Oh, and we man. know how... That, that's tough sledding. We all know how that wind affects everybody. Uh, Tim Berger sent me the results from the past weekend for the All-American uh, Catfish Tournament Series. Um, was at Hillsdale Point Lake in Kansas. Um, no, that's the, next, that's the next one they got coming up June 10th uh, at May 6th for the Hillsdale Point, Hillsdale Lake. Kansas night tournament. June 10th will be at Call Point. It's also a night tournament. It is a qualifier for the national championship. So you guys get over and see Tim. They will fix you up. Uh, it's they, they just got this started and going this year. They're doing a really good job. Uh, they've got great stuff set up to make this happen. And, and Tim and them guys will take care of you really well. You'll be happy to show up over there and fish them tournaments. It's, it's going to be a great time. Uh, so make sure that you you give them some things. One more thing before we get Chris on here, Doc. I got something to show you. Nick Deshano with Offshore Tackle sent me these to test out. This is what we're going to be testing tomorrow. 
We tried these out, and the wind affected us the last time. These are all short tackle boards. I'm excited to get out and try these. Uh, we've been using some other boards, and they work great. But Nick has entrusted us to try these. You guys need to take a look at these. These things are so well made. It's unbelievable. Got the tattletale flags on them. I'm really wound up about it. We're going to be testing these things out for him to see how they work on the lake tomorrow. And hopefully everything will go good. Uh, great product and an outstanding group of people to work with up there. They really do some things. One of the things that I wanted to tell you guys about, they have a deal uh, that's like a little newspaper. And this is called the Offshore Release. And I'm going to be getting some of these from them guys. So when you guys see us at tournaments and different areas, this thing is full of information on, on how people use boards and how they do different types of fishing and stuff. Uh, now, granted, some of it's done up on the Great Lakes, but it all is pertinent to how we fish. So uh, they have a lot of good products. Check those guys out and be looking forward to, the, to uh, how these things work out for us. We're going to let you know and talk about them. Great company, great bunch of people. Uh, really excited to be part of this. Uh, at the end of the show, we got some giveaways to do tonight, Doc. We're going to give away some uh, rig wrap stuff. What do you think about that? Yep, that'll work. That'll work? All right. Well, in the meantime, I, I think most of the people tonight probably tuned in to hear and see Chris Souter. So, Chris, welcome to Catfish Weekly. Uh, thank you for having me. We uh, We want to talk tonight about keeping bait alive. And I watched your videos that you've done here a while back, and I know those guys with those bait tanks you're using, Extreme Bait Tank Company, that is an outstanding product. But there's there's some tricks to keeping bait alive besides that, and, and uh, I think that we need to tell people how to do that. Well, we can definitely uh, give it a shot. I mean, you know, starting off, I mean, you, you know, you're right, a good tank <laughs> – it's a good way to start. But there is, you know, other things to, you know, help yourself along the way. That's that's right. And and uh, uh, you you was made some really good short videos to the point. Quick, told people how long the fish stayed alive. You kept shad alive, and shad is is pretty tough to keep alive. But you kept them alive for a long time, and then hauled them all the way to Alabama. Yeah. After they've been alive for several days and done really well to, with those. So uh, I figured that if anybody would know how to keep bait alive, that it would be Chris Souders. Well, thank you. <laughs> Doc, you got any questions for him? Oh, yeah. I got a bunch. Yeah, I figured. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Okay, Chris. So uh, let our viewers know what's, what's the name of the tank that you're currently running? Extreme bait systems. That's uh, extreme bait systems with an X instead of an it starts with an X. Okay, and where where are they out of? Uh, Southern Kentucky, right around Lake Cumberland, Somerset. Okay. And how can people get a hold of them? Is uh, it Facebook or website or? Now the best and easiest way is to message message them through Facebook or call them. You know, uh, under, under extreme bait tanks. Yep, Extreme Bait Systems on Facebook, and uh, you know either message them or call them through you know through the number on Facebook. Okay. Now, all right. Now we're going to get down the nitty gritty. Uh, how many pumps is in this unit? Uh, depending on what what tank you get, uh, and for 
like talking purposes, I'll, I'll say is like a 30 gallon tank. Cause that's okay. normally what most people, most of most people are buying or using, but it's a one thirty or one pump and it's 500 gallon an hour. Um, it's a C C flow, C flow pump. And it uses about a 1.5 amps. So it'll, it'll last a long time on one battery. Okay. And how, how many gallons per minute were they? 500. 500, okay. Now, uh, the filter system. Okay, the filter system on this thing is a little bit unique, isn't it? Yes. Because it's vertical instead of the, tor you know, horizontal like what we're, we've we seen in other bait tanks. Yeah, so to talk a little bit about the filtering system, and, and you're, to me, that is the most important part of this tank or not the most important part, but one of them. And one of the things that makes it uh, just so easy to take care of, and it's 154 square inches. So you got a, you got a filtering system, like you said, that's vertical instead of flat. So instead of having a small filter system, that's, you know, all the, all the nastiness is just sitting on top of, this vertical filter is so you got a, you're getting a whole 154 square inches of filter instead of just one small portion. So the water the water is pumped up to the top and then it cascades down across your filter system. Yeah, yeah, it's a gravity fed. The tube comes straight up to the filter to the you know center of the filter box, and you have the filter material behind it, and it just catches it as it goes down. And then, you know, drains through everything, all the water and everything has to drain through the filtering system to get out to the pump. Now, if it, if it gets clogged, will the pump go dry? Uh, no, it can, it will overflow if it gets, you know, if it gets clogged up. It's clogged up. I've yet to have, I mean, you know, the filtering system works great on it, but it only works as great as long as you're taking care of it. Right, right. You know, and the first couple, three to five hours of getting that bait is real crucial to making sure that you're keeping that filter clean. But, you know, as cheap as this stuff is, you know, the first few times you change it, you're better off to just pull it out and put a new one in. Now, is it using like the air conditioning pads? No, it's, uh, it's called smartphone. Uh, okay. You can buy, buy it at, you know, Hobby Lobby or some Walmarts carry it. It's just okay. a polyester that's kind of like a a more rigid, you know, you can kind of see oh, the rigid. Oh, okay, yeah. And, yeah. So you just cut it to whatever you need, the size that you need? Yeah. Yeah, it so come, when you buy it. It comes in a roll? No, no, it comes in a big square. And oh, this, okay. You know, like this square here. Would have been like this you know another six eight inches long six yeah. eight inches tall and you know whenever you first get it it's about three inches thick but they just you can split it apart and make more than you know two or oh. three out of okay. one pile. yeah okay now on okay so you're saying that uh 30 gallon is the most popular how what sizes does do they make this tank. They make a, so they make a, a twenty, 
a 30, a 50, and a, a 70, and a 100. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they make they make different tanks, you know, for different different things, and uh, you know, I like to keep one in the back of, you know, in the back of the truck, whenever I'm going to get the bait, you know, a bigger one, and then a smaller one in my boat, as well. Yeah. Now on the twenties and thirties, what's a footprint size on that, on that the, tank? The twenty is twenty three by twenty four by twenty four. And whenever the first number is how long it is, right? The other two numbers are the width and the height. And then the 30 is 32 by 24 by 24. Okay. But now, now I know, go ahead. Keep in mind that a 30 gallon tank, whenever, whenever he says it's 30 gallon, that's 30 gallon in a bait well. Okay. You, your filtering system is going to hold another 10, 11 gallons. So in all actuality, their 30 gallon tank is a 40 to where most manufacturers say a 30 gallon tank. That's all the water that their tank will hold right. is what he says is 30. It's 30 inside of the bait well. Oh, okay. So that does not include the filtering. System. No. Okay. Now here's a, I, actually I was getting ready to add this question, and Dieter just jumped right in there. So I'm going to read what he has put down here. He goes, "What is your process when he nets shad? Does he place the shad directly from the net in the tank, or does he put them into a bucket first to weed out weak shad, let them lose their scales?" Now that's a that's a good question because it's it's, a, it's very important. And the process that you you take now i did a video that you know shows me putting them straight into a tank and after that video i noticed that you know if i was to put them into a a tub a you know round tub with water in it that they done better and lasted longer so now since i have discovered that I will put all my shad into a into a tub as soon as I get them out that's got water in it. I'll let them process themselves their first puking through that, and then that gives me a chance to you know get out just what I want, you know just the size I want. Or like he said, if there's some in there that are weak or already hurt, you know we don't want to put them in the tank, so we'll just you know put them back into the river or lake. Yeah. So you do the same thing I do is you let them purge themselves in a different water and stuff like that or the water that you bring them out of so that they're not clogging up your filters and stuff like that because they're notorious when they get stressed out for dropping scales yeah yeah that's the first you know first thing they'll do as soon as you put them in that tank is they'll start puking them and pooping and you know the more of that stuff you can keep out of your tank to start with you know, the better chance you're giving yourself <laughs> Okay, uh, Dieter wants to know, is he adding salt or another water treatment to his tank designed for bait fish? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I use uh, water softening salt from Lowe's. And uh, you can use any non-iodized salt, you know, uh, canning salt, pickling salt. Uh, but I use water softening salt from Lowe's. Why is okay. it? Uh, it just... If you've ever been into a been in a shower or a hotel 
that has a water softening system, you know, you have like a, whenever you get out, your skin will feel different. And right. And I, right I've noticed that. Well, it does the same thing to the bait fish. It helps them keep their scales and their slime coat instead of that water, you know, the, the chemicals and the you know, minerals in the water, that salt will help take that stuff out. And it does the same thing with the fish as it does your skin. I like it when I get out feeling like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to be 60 years old, you get kind of rough around the edges. You need all that water soft that you can get. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Travis Davis would like to know, is there a website and a price list, and do they ship? Uh, they do ship. Um, that price will differ, obviously, I think, you know, depending on where you live. Um, I can give price prices right now if you'd like me to. Absolutely. Um, Fire away. The twenty gallon is five eighty nine. The sixty or the uh, thirty gallon is five ninety nine, and then it, it goes up from there. Uh, I had the prices written down here. <laughs> That's what I do. I write stuff down and then I can't find it. Yeah. All right. The 20 gallon is 589. Uh, 30 gallons, 599. Uh, 50 gallon is 699. 70 is 899. And the 100 gallon is 1550. Okay. Now, are the, are the pumps easy to get to? Can you, yeah, if you have a pump go bad, can you get to them fairly easy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I've, uh, a lot of people have asked me, why don't they have plugs in them? Well, these tanks are so easy to get. You pull the filtering, the filter box right out. And as soon as you pull that filter box out, you know, everything is right there. You reach down, you pop it off. You can put a hose right on it and pump the salt water out, out of your boat instead of having to use a bucket or something. But yeah, absolutely, the pumps are easy to get to, easy to change. Uh, within minutes, if one goes bad, you can have a new one in, wired up, ready to go. Now, does the system have a Venturi built into it? Danco Venturi, yeah. Okay. Yes, there is. So you're, yeah. yeah, so you're push pulling fresh air, which is, you know, 20.9% of O2 into the tank at all times. Yes. So you've got uh, capabilities that you could plumb in O2 to this thing. Yeah. Now, I mean, you could put in, you know, straight O2 through the Danco, or you could just add a oxygen system to the tank. Either one. Right. Okay. If I personally was going to add an oxygen system to it, I would just add an extra oxygen system to it instead of putting it through the Danco. I agree. But obviously with the Dinka, which we all know that's one of the best that's out there, um, it's keeping a shad, which are hard to keep alive anyway. Uh, on a normal basis, how what's temperature loss? You know, from the time you put the shad into the tank, have you tried to figure out how, does the water stay cool? Do you add ice or anything to it? Or I, I have yet to have to add ice to it now. I'm, you know, I have not had this tank in extreme hot weather yet. You know, when I say extreme, I'm talking 
in the middle of my boat in the middle of the river and 90 to 100 degree temperatures right. now uh i'm sure by that point you know we'll have to add ice you know to help help it along but it's it's a steel air insulation double wall which keeps it from you know transferring heat from the outside to the water you know as easily with that steel air insulation so as far as temperature loss it's minimal as of right now okay. you know, because I, like i said i have not had the tank in extreme hot weather yet yeah because travis davis just asked are they insulated so they've got some insulation in them yes yeah it's a double wall steel air insulation okay Dieter's asked another question he said is he keeping bait in a tank for multiple days is he cycling out the water say 25 percent 50 percent per day or so no i am keeping it for days but i am not changing the water um, the only thing i the only time there's a water change is if i'm taking it taking bait from one tank and putting it into the nether like say if i'm taking it out of the back of my truck putting it into the boat or from the boat into the back of the truck that's the only time there'd be a filter or a water change. I try to keep them, you know, in the same water. Uh, the filtering system works so great on these things that the water change is not needed. Or I haven't had it needed yet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dirty or catfishing, he says, I'm late. Does he prefer live shad over bluegill? Uh, shad is a lot of work to keep alive. I absolutely prefer live shad over bluegill. If it is hard to keep alive, it's well worth the time and effort to do it. That's right. Yeah, there's something about a live shad over a bluegill that just, you know, I, and I, a lot of times, I, you know, you can see them start to shake on the rods when a, a flathead gets near them. And I think at that point, you know, they, they start dumping scales. Yeah, I think they're they're an automatic chum system. I, I believed that for years. They start getting excited and they start dumping scales, and that's just you know that's like chumming the waters for a flathead. Where right. a bluegill won't do that. <laughs> I don't know about you. But when I see that when I see that rod start twitching, I get antsy. I know something's <laughs> about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that's a fact man yeah uh, okay yeah go ahead Lyle. if uh do you use any type of foam off or anything like that or does that filter system stop from meet that need no you'll still need foam off uh and that's a that's actually a good question and a tip i'd like to share with everybody tonight i mean you know everybody that, you know has the bottle of foam off you know in their in their boat but something that i have found over the years that works better than drop just dropping foam off in the tank and you know obviously it has to mix into the water is just to go to walmart and get you a little dollar bottle from the travel section fill it three quarters of the way up with foam off and a quarter of the way up the rest of the way with water and dilute that foam off just a little bit and you know you the mist of foam off 
works 10 times as better and faster than dropping drops into the tank. It will instantly knock the foam off the top of that tank where it'll take 30 seconds for that foam off if you just drip it in to mix in with the water. That's a good tip. Yeah. That's a really good tip. Dieter Melhorn is asking, have you tried to keep smaller skipjack alive in them? I know it's reaching, but I figured I'd ask. That was actually going to be my next question. Absolutely. Have you, have uh, you, tried, the to, skip, have you tried skipjack? The skipjack, not yet. I'm working on it, and I am absolutely going to try it. But when we was in South Carolina, and I was fishing the uh, Santee Cooper Monster Quest Tournament, they have what they're called uh, river herring, and they are real. They're real similar to a skipjack to me, but the guys down there was telling me they just they never kept them alive or anything. Well, we tried to keep them alive, and they stayed perfectly fine in that tank. You know, we kept forty alive in a thirty-gallon tank, wow. and uh, had no problems with them. So I am anxious to see what skipjack do. I think they're going to be really hard to keep alive, but I think with some work, maybe add an oxygen system to them. And, you know, I'm going to try to not keep as many, maybe start out with just, you know, four or five, see how, see how they do and then go from there. Now what's the maximum amount. Okay. So you got what a 30 gallon one in your boat. Yeah. What's the maximum amount of shad that you would suggest you keep in that tank? If you're wanting to keep it for a tournament, you know, just like a one, maybe a day and a half, two days, you could go up to 45, say 45, 10 inch gizzard shad. But now I highly recommend if you're, if you're going to try to keep it for days, one per gallon. You know, if you got a 30, keep 30. You know, that way it gives them a little bit more room. They're not as crowded. They're not beating each other up. And uh, they're nice and comfortable. Now, that was um, before. We've got some other questions are coming, but I want to jump in here. How is the water circulated in this tank? Is it with a spray bar, or what are they using to circulate no, the water? It's, a, it's called a directional discharge. It's just a kind of a flat... Uh, directional discharge piece that's mounted on the inside of the tank and you can you can move it up or down depending on where you want the bubbles to come out to and you can adjust that kind of to your liking if you want them to come up a little bit mid a little higher a little low just kind of whatever you decide that you want or how it's, how it works best for you but it's a real gentle gentle flow and what they found is yeah shad need you know flow and current but if you put a gentle flow inside the tank instead of a hard flow they're not fighting as hard to swim and obviously if they're going to have to swim a lot and a lot harder they're going to wear themselves out and right obviously die quicker yeah so it it kind of goes against what all the other tank manufacturers had because i know i had a gray line and it poured the water in there and them guys right. worked they worked hard while they were in there. Yeah. Yeah, they, they I had one of those too and I was I was talking to Chris earlier this afternoon. I couldn't think of the name of it. That's what I had. And 
and and had some issues like that. And a concrete man would like said he come in late. What was the name of the tank? And it's extreme bait tanks. Uh, spell that again, Chris. X T R E M E. You can look them up online on Facebook. They have a have a great product and uh, anybody that's interested in keeping bait alive whether it be for everyday fishing or tournaments or whatever this is uh, something that, that people need to check out and, and there's other tank companies we're not oh, saying yeah, we're this not, only, right we're not yeah we're not saying this is the only place to go but chris is extremely familiar with this and his success rate for keeping these bait fish alive is so great uh, that's that's why we're talking about them because I've got some questions about other stuff coming on. Uh, you know, when when we get done uh, or get down the road a little bit, that that is going to apply to other stuff. Yeah, Travis Davis wants to know: Do you ever mix bait in your tank like shad and chubs? I will, but only in the tank that's going to be on the boat fishing. You know, on tournament day, if if I catch them. You know, days in advance, I keep I try to keep things separate. You know, chubs, uh, ex especially bluegills or hard baits. You know, I try to keep those away from my shad to keep keep them from beating them up. Yeah, and bluegills are very hardy bait. I mean, uh, you can keep them things alive seemingly forever. Yeah, they don't you know. require near the care that a shad or a skipjack or something like that requires. Yeah. Cause a, a lot of rent, we've got a lot of the, the red eyed rock bass and that kind of stuff there, you know, them things are hardy. Yes. Yeah. Those, uh, those you can keep alive pretty easy and, you know, a cattle trough or, you know, just a, just a cooler tank. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, here's another here's another real good question from Dieter. Is he running the battery operated pumps 24/7 while on the road while fishing multiple days or is there an alternative to running the battery operated pumps overnight while on the road? Yes, and I I had no idea you could do this until I met Micah Brown, which is uh, Extreme Bait Systems owner. He, at the catfish conference, I asked him, I said, how are you keeping that battery, you know, for three days without going dead? He said, I ain't using a battery. I said, what do you mean you ain't using a battery? It's a 12-volt system. He said, I got a battery charger hooked up to it. So he just goes, and, I, and that's kind of what I started doing, is I went and bought a cheap battery charger from an auto parts store, a manual, manual battery charger. And you just hook the positive to the positive, negative to the negative, plug it in, and it, it'll run for days. You don't have to worry about your battery. You don't have to worry about nothing. And then you can just use your battery whenever you're not, you know, at the hotel or, or someplace where you can't get power. Those battery chargers like that, the small ones, they will only put out what the demand requires. Uh, they, you know, if, if you're using two amps, uh, that's all they'll put out. But if your battery's dead and are real low and it needs the five or 10 amp to, to operate something like that, then it, it will put that much out, but it will never overcharge anything. Therefore it will not put out something that'll burn up your pumps. If it only requires two amps to operate that system, 
then that's all it'll it'll give it and it'll sit there and run forever like that and it, it doesn't affect your electric bill hardly at all no yeah now when i owned my gray line what i did is uh i had a line that came from the gray line and i had a 12 volt accessory in the back of the truck and i plugged it into that right and it, while i was traveling down the road it kept that the pump running and then i switched it over when i got uh, at the ramp. Yeah, I do the same thing in our boat. I have a, a, outlets and just plug it in to the outlets and there you go. Yeah. Because, you know, most people are charging their batteries up at night when they're at motel rooms or different places. and It's not a big deal. Yeah. Good deal. Uh, okay, got that. Have you tried to keep skips alive? That's it. Mm. Uh, that's all the questions I got. Travis Davis would like to know how the others do in salt water. So I, I assume that he means how do those uh, tanks work if you're on salt water fishing? Well, the pumps are, you know, made of stainless steel materials inside. So, you know, they work in salt water just fine. Good. But yeah, I, I, if they're stainless steel, they should be fine. Just flush them out once in a while. You should be good to go. Yeah. Should be good to go. Chris, I want to ask you about, uh, and you and I talked about this earlier this afternoon. I have a uh, Keep Alive system in my boat, and, and we talked about the size of it and why we put it where we do in the boat and how it works. Uh, I've had a little problem keeping Shad alive, and we went over that. Um, my question is, we have one of our sponsors, Survivor Crusher Marine, great product. If you guys don't have one on your boat, you got to get one. Man, this is the greatest thing that's ever been invented for keeping fish alive in a live well. I want to know what you would think about hooking this up to a survivor and, and running it to a pump to where if you have a bait tank like mine and recirculating water into your bait tank and running it back out. So uh, if you're making a long run, the survivor unit would push the water into the bait tank and have an exit where it would kick it back out, just like you do in a live well. Uh, to me, that is constant flow, and you should be able to keep bait alive when you're moving. Yeah, now that's, I mean, that's going to help it, you know, absolutely. Now, do you have an air bubbler in that tank at all? I, I do. I do. I have an air bubbler, and I can hook it up to oxygen and stuff, but um, uh, I'm just thinking a couple of inlets, and an inlet and an outlet, and whenever, if you put it on a timer like the uh, like the life the live well tank is, then whenever it's supposed to kick on, it'll kick water on and exit water out, and you could change the water out in your bait tank just like you do your live well if you're driving down the the lake or if you're in a fishing tournament making a long run. That survivor will pump it up to your pump, shove it right in your bait tank, and then your other pump or, or, or overflow, however you have it set up. Would exit it back out. I'm thinking that'd be a great idea. Yeah, I mean it's gonna it's gotta help, you know, by all means. Now I, I heard you say something, you know, about oxygen to your bait. Mm -hmm. Now my personal personally, I had an oxygen system set up in the front of my Sea Arc live well. And I mm -hmm. every time I would shoot oxygen to them, they would be great. I mean, they would get jacked up, pumped up for about an hour. And then all of a sudden they would start, they'd start dying off real quick. 
And I, I noticed that if I pumped the oxygen to them, they'd done that. They would get real, real hyped up real quick, but then they'd die real quick. So I stopped, I stopped oxygen to the bait. Did, did you, was you running a, a lot of oxygen to them or just a very little no, bit? No, 0. 0.12, you know, yeah. just like I do on my live tank for <laughs> mm -hmm. my, you know, my fish, but it, for some reason they couldn't, I don't know if they couldn't handle it or if it was just too much for them, they was getting too hyper and beating themselves up, but they just, they just didn't stay very good whenever I hooked that oxygen up to them, you know, in other tanks, but. They may be small enough that their lung capacity won't withstand the pure oxygen stuff. So well, therefore a bubbler system or something like that might be a, a better choice then. Yeah. I've before, before I got the extreme bait system, I always used just the 12 volt bubblers and, you know, had success, but you know, it, it's pretty, it's, it's hard to keep them things alive, you know, and whenever I say it live, you gotta I work mean, yeah, I don't mean just, you know, swimming in a tank, you know, I want them, I want them, I want it to be just as hard for me to catch them out of the tank as it was for me to catch them out of, out of the river or lake. That's right. That's, I mean That's right. That's exactly right. Mike Lewis would like to know, how big of air pump or stones do you use in your bait tank? If, if you have a bait tank, it doesn't, you don't want big bubbles. So if you're using the 12 volt bubbler that you can buy at like Cabela's or any, you know, any fishing store, get, get the five inch stones from Walmart. They're about a three quarters inch wide by one, you know, by five inches long. And that's going to force more air through that stone and break those bubbles up finer, which is going to stay stimulated in the water longer and catch more and give more oxygen to the water. Instead of having, you know, pencil sized bubbles, you're going to have pencil lead sized bubbles, which is going to be better for you. All right. There you go. That's, that's some pretty good information, man. We went over a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I, like I say, I think that, um, run a couple of hoses to a survivor unit and a pump system in and out in a bait tank. To me, that is, would be so neat. You could keep your, uh, keep water changed out for your bait, just like you do, uh, for your live. Well, now Chris, keeping live bait, uh, in boats has been something that's been going on. It's not new, yeah. but in, in the tournament aspect, uh, a lot, most people just catch their bait and they throw it on ice and then they're good. But this is a way to keep bait alive. And what is better or more fresh than when you cut a live fish open to use it for cut bait than that? Uh, it's not like they have quit pumping blood or, or they've been on ice for overnight or 24 hours. These babies are still swimming in there. That should be as fresh a bait as you could possibly get so the quality of your bait is higher. That could very well be the difference in catching a fish that would put you in uh, the top five or the bottom ten. Absolutely. Yeah, now, that's you know, it's always best. I, I don't know how a lot of people think or a lot of people feel, but me personally, every second that a shad is dead, to me, it becomes that much useless. They just start deteriorating immediately. Yeah. And, you know, I I can't stress how much 
you know, fresh bait and, and live bait, even if you're going to cut it, is important. Yeah. Now I am going to go ahead. Mike Lewis wants to know where you can find out about the survivor areas. Mike, you go to crushermarine.com. They are they have a website. Tell Robert you heard about it on Catfish Weekly. He'll get the kick out of that. That is the greatest product to pick up water and send to your live well. I know Chris has got one doc and I both have them. I it is undoubtedly the neatest invention to keep fishing alive well alive that I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean it works it works well. I'm gonna I'm gonna test mine out this weekend. I'm gonna do something different. Um we're gonna be fishing on Cincinnati well we're gonna be fishing on the Ohio River in near Cincinnati this weekend. Um I will probably put live shad in my front live well my CR uh, with the survivor in the back, I can open up that front fill unit, and I got a feeling if I'm anchored down and the current is rushing by, it's gonna. I'm I'm gonna see if it'll push that water all the way to the front without the use of the pump. I'm pretty sure it will. Yeah, I got yeah. a feeling it's gonna shove it. Yes, it's absolutely. Not it's not going to be real, real heavy flow, but I think you'll have a great flow and plenty good enough to fill the live well and change water out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, sir, Mike. You're so, very welcome. Uh, like I say, you'll you'll love that product. It is the neatest thing for saving fish that we've come across in a very long time, maybe ever. Yeah, very good product. Very good. Absolutely. Yeah, and I know, Chris, you use one of those and think the world of it. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that, you know, I love my Sea Ark boat. Love it. But ever since I've had it, I've had to carry a little black piece of hose around with me. And and I say I have to because one day I forgot it. And then the, my partner that I used to fish with, Red, was fishing a tournament and man, we had some nasty water in that, in that back live well. And we couldn't get the pump to come on. It aired long. He said, what are we going to do? So I said, we got it. You know, we got to blow back through that line. And he said, you're not going to stick your head in that water. Are you? I said, I got to, we got to switch that water out. So I found out firsthand that we had to keep that little black hose on that boat. And, uh, when I talked to Robert down at the, down there in Kentucky at the catfish conference, and he told me about that thing, you know, I fell in love with it. I've never had to use that black hose again, and and I mean, I I can't explain how great that is. That water is nasty. That's a great story. I'm kind of surprised you told everybody about that. <laughs> you learn the hard way, you know, and oh, that's right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm glad people can get a laugh out of it. I mean, me and Red got a laugh out of it. Sure. Yeah, we've done that. Doc and I have told stuff on ourselves that, that oh, normally yeah. we wouldn't oh. share with anybody. And, uh, but it's, it's all in good fun. And maybe it'll save the next guy from having to go through the same thing we just went through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Well, I'm excited about, about about figuring this deal out to hook up an exchange system in, in my live tank. And if I have problems at that point, we got to figure out a way to get a diff something different because uh, we was in cool water here a month or so ago at a tournament. It was not hot at all and uh, didn't have any problem keeping uh, bluegill alive. But I lost Shad overnight, and I was not a very happy camper. We went to all the trouble to keep them separate. Uh, but we did put some on ice just, you know, in case, because we weren't sure how it worked and lost all the Shad in the bait tank overnight. And I was trying to do a comparison on fresh-cut Shad versus Shad that had been on ice overnight. You can't do it if you can't keep them alive. So uh, it was a futile charge, but, you know, we're going to try it again, and we're going to get this thing figured out. And I think – uh, with the pump and, and the help from Robert's uh, Survivor product, I think that uh, we'll have a shot at it. And like I say, if we don't, I'll be giving you a call and finding out what I got to do. Another number. I mean, that's, anybody's more welcome to give me a shout. I hope anybody. You know, you know, we talked earlier about uh, about some of the videos you've done. And for the guys that are not aware, Chris has some really good videos. He makes some some videos that are extremely instructional that will help you find shad, catch fish. Um, he's been in a boat with Steve Douglas and number numerous other guys. Uh, really, really uh, a great place to go to get educational information. If you need to uh, get a hold of Chris, check out some of his videos. They're, they're outstanding. He does a really good job. Dieter Ow. says, be careful with adding fresh water. Dramatic temperature changes can shock those shed. That is a, a very good point yeah. uh, because it doesn't take a lot of temperature change on a shed. They're very, uh, very, very uh, temperamental and hard to keep alive compared to, say, bluegill or bull, yeah. bullhead or something like that. 10 degrees, bullhead, 10 degrees not, and it shocks them. That, that's right. They, they're very, very picky about stuff like that. I think you could... Do about it. I think you can leave a bullhead out of the water for an hour and a half, and I think you can put him in there and each swim around. Them are the toughest things that ever was, and bluegill is not quite that hardy, but close to it, you know. And most of yeah. the panfish, uh, hard scale panfish, are like that, but not all of them. But shad, skipjack, and one of the hardest things that I'm aware of to keep alive is moon eye. Uh, they almost seem to die instantly. Of course, when I get them, it's usually a hot part of the summer, and and it doesn't take much, and, and they're gone. But I don't even try to keep them alive. Haven't for years. Just throw them on ice, put them in a bag. I'm ready to go because if I can get moon eye, you can bet I'm going to have some. That'll be that'll be another experiment there for you, Chris. Is the moon eye, an, Doc? That's not an experiment. That's uh that's a guarantee. I know they'll stay alive. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. They uh, yeah. you can keep them alive. And uh, they work wonderful as live bait. Yep. That, uh, they have to. They're a very good thing. Danny Cal says he keeps all his shed on ice. And, Danny, I do most of the time myself. But uh, it, it, you got to try experimenting things to to learn how to do it. Uh, and and that's what we do is, is when we go on our little expeditions, we try different stuff to see if we can keep them alive to, to see if they work. Any advantage you have when you're in a tournament with 100 of the greatest cat fishermen in the nation, then if you can come up with something that they're not doing and it works, you're in. Yeah. Dieter wants to know what your YouTube channel is, Chris. Uh, Souders Cat Fishing and Slunger Cat Outdoors. Uh, 
I'm switching it over to Slunger Cat Outdoors, but right now look up uh, Souders Catfishing and uh, you know, just watch a few of them. And hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to put out more videos kind of as tournament season goes on. It's going to slow down. Uh, once it slows down, I'm going to kick back up the videos more. Um, I have found it is very, very difficult to concentrate on a tournament and try to film at the same time. It's yeah, nearly impossible. It's it's hard. You only got so much time, and uh, you know I I love to share information. I love to help people out, and do my do you know as much as I can to get people as comfortable fishing tournaments as they can be. But you know I I want to win just as much as the next guy, and it's hard it's hard enough to get a game plan together. And it's even harder to get a game plan together and try to film at the same time. But it really is. But I'm doing the best I can. Hopefully, you know, we'll be able to start putting out more more videos as I get comfortable and more knowledgeable with uh, with filming. Well, you're doing a great job so far. Everybody seems to like them. I know I do. But uh, like I told you earlier today, a lot of times I'll be in here at night working late, and I will turn the monitor around uh, and and listen and and watch everybody's videos, everyone that I can find. And I find new ones all the time that I didn't even know guys was making videos. And then, and, and while I'm working, I'll, I'll listen to them and watch them and look up and see what they're doing. And if they're catching fish, I'd stop and watch that. You know, uh, you kind of got to do that. Uh, there was a, a subject brought on here and, and uh, uh, some guys have kind of answered it, but how much salt do you put in your tank again? And is it is non-iodized salt, correct? Of course, yours yeah. is you're using the other, uh, the yeah. other stuff. Yeah, so I use two cups, four, uh, you know, well, it'd be one cup per 20 gallons. You know, my 30-gallon tank is actually about 40 gallons, maybe a little, sh you know, shade over 40 gallons. So I'm using two full cups of uh, the rock or the watering salt. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. And now, something, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me about, that I want to make sure we cover tonight is the chemicals that I put in it. You know, uh, this is stress coat. Let's start right. Now, these two things are, the, are basically the same thing. One comes from a pet store and one comes from Walmart. But that is the best additive that you can put in that tank to start with. I've used better bait. Bad keeper, uh, every you know everything to get the chlorine out, but stress coat or start right. That is what you want to add to it from the start. And I always use tap water. That's a that's a big question on whether I use river water, lake water, tap water, or well water. Uh, I always use tap water. That way I know what I'm starting with. I know it's clean, and. You know, I know, I know what I'm dealing with, what I got to work with. So you fill your tank before you leave. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are, are that, is that chlorinated water? Yes. Do you do anything to take the chlorination out of it? Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what these are for. Okay. Okay. They actually, uh, you know, it just helps the stress coat and the start right is a chlorine remover. But it also has aloe vera in it, which is helps with the healing process of the fish, like if they're cut or anything like that. I see. Okay, good, good idea. And, and you need to. Uh, everybody needs to remember that because 
buying stuff from Walmart and a pet store may very well be cheaper than uh, some of that stuff has got pretty testy. I know I used to buy the Shad Keeper, and you get a great big old thing of it for six or eight bucks, and now it's uh, 30-some dollars or 20-some dollars, and it's a third the size of the bottle it used to be. So, you know, it. Uh, I, I'm sure that stuff is, and I've used some of that stuff that you, you have there and, and uh, uh, keep some in the boat all the time in case we get someplace and the plug comes out of a, a tank and you got to fill it back up or whatever. That way you make sure you get all your stuff taken care of. So really good, solid yeah. information, Chris. It really is. Very good. Yeah, and, and yes, viewers, that, that is my 11-year-old lab sitting there lapping up water. <laughs> this microphone picks up everything. So. Yep, it, it does. It does. Cindy and I talked about that earlier, and, and uh, you know, we're, the directional mics is going to be the way to go for us in a lot of instances and different things that we do. Uh, Doc has a microphone just like I do, and they're called a snowball made by Blue. Are right. quality, quality, high quality. Yeah, you know they they work extremely well. The problem is, and we learned this down at Mississippi River Monsters last year, they pick up all the background noise just like they pick up everybody else. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to have to get away from that on doing our remotes and everything. But uh, they they do a really good job if if you don't have a bunch of noise. But uh, if if somebody walks in my spot here and they open the door uh if they shut the door you know it uh, just like dogs docks dog uh, drinking water or you know whatever's yeah. going on it'll pick stuff up in the next room uh they are extremely sensitive but they're a quality piece and uh <laughs> that's right you know they just they just you, do a good job you never know what's going to happen on catfish weekly that's a fact <laughs> that's, that's a, a fact it, when it's live, anything can come off. Of this <laughs> yeah, some things that come out of my mouth that probably shouldn't, but it, you know, it is what it is. It's a live yeah. show. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much of your knowledge with us. We really appreciate it. I want to give you time here. If you have any sponsors or anybody you'd like to thank or anything you'd like to talk about, just take all the time in the world and do that. Uh, we really appreciate you spending the time, and I know the viewers are are very happy that that to hear a lot of this information. We had a lot of good questions tonight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, a lot of good questions. Now, uh, I had something happen over the weekend, and and I hope I'm not dragging this on too long or too much no, time. You're fine. You're no. fine. Go for it. But I'm a huge, huge CPR fan. You know, anything we can do to keep these fish alive at during tournaments and things of that nature, and we had caught a fish that was only like 15 pounds, but you know, obviously we want to keep that fish alive and in the tank, it, it, it come out of shallow water, but it just rolled up as soon as we put it in the tank. I mean, it was, it was like it just gave up or had a heart attack or something. And uh, we were sitting there babying that fish trying to see what, you know, what it was going to do. And uh, Shannon had mentioned that, there was a product out there that you clip clips to their fins and it rolled them back over belly yeah. down into the bottom of the tank. And I said, well, man, I said, let's give that a shot. Cause we're sitting there with the tank open, holding its back fin, you know, holding it upright to make sure that it wasn't going to die or get worse. And if it was, we was just going to return it back to the water. And uh, so 
I took two eight ounce sinkers and two clips and clipped it to its fins and it rolled back over on its belly. And within 30 minutes, that fish come from being almost stiff as a board to ready to whoop me in 30 minutes just by rolling it back over onto its belly and letting awesome. it down down on its uh on its belly now i ain't i'm not 100 percent sure but i believe it's fish life that has that product correct that is correct and fish life is one of our sponsors, sponsors. And they have some yeah. really good products really so, good products you know that is something that i plan on ordering as soon as soon as i can to have a few of them in my tank because especially blue cats they will roll up like that yeah on you. and you know nobody wants to lose a fish so anything we can do you know i just thought i would share that with everybody that's, that's really nice and appreciate that and the, the the night we had uh jody on the show he he really talked about how that worked and why it works and you know just getting them there <laughs> You know, it, it forces that air out of their air bladder, but it keeps them upright. So, yeah, I, I was really amazed at how how well that happened, how quick it happened. You know, it didn't take long. No, I, I was for sure we was going to have to release that fish, or you know, something was going to happen to that fish. But we no. weighed that fish in, and it was healthy. It, I, you know, it was ready to whoop me when I kind of pick him out of the tank. Well, hmm. I, I don't know, have any way of proving this, and this is just my opinion for what it's worth, but I believe a high percentage of when that happens is due from that fish being stressed. I believe that. I, I really do. I, I think it's comes from stress. Uh, some of these fish have been caught numerous times before. Regardless, there's guys that say, oh, once that fish is caught, you'll never catch it again. That's That's hockey. It's proven fact that they get caught over and over and over again. And I think a lot of times you, when that happens, you may have a fish that that might be the first time they've ever been caught and most likely the first time they've ever been put in a live well. Uh, and I don't know what their attention span is, how long they retain memory or anything like that. I'm not that kind of a guy to keep up on all that, and if there even is a way to know. But if you shock their system, I don't care if it's a fish or a cow or a horse or a human, if you shock their system, they, they got to have some recovery time from it. Yeah, and to answer one of the questions Scott McGowan just answered, now on the air bladder, do you ever burp them with a hose down their throat? Uh, I've got a small, I don't use a hose, but I've got a small PVC pipe that I round it off and, you know, and, I, and I'm turning it. And a lot of times that'll relieve them, especially if you, and, and one of the things that I know Chris and I really stress this is don't get in any hurry to bring these fish to the boat. You know, you want them to, you want that air bladder to blow. When you start seeing bubbles, then they're blowing that air bladder, especially flatheads are notorious for it. You, you know, everybody wants to try to get them to the boat as quick as they can, but you really don't want to because that fish will be really stressed out real bad. Once they start blowing bubbles, you know, they're relieving that air bladder. You'll have a lot less problems with them. Yep. I, that's, that's a hundred percent correct. And, uh, uh, Seth McAllister must be in our show tonight. He says, if you need to do that, you can cut one of them Larry Muse dragon tails up and you can use that for a way to burp them you fish. 
uh, you know, it's just a piece of plastic tube, and we've, we've got stuff yeah. like that where we keep with us all the time. But uh, for the majority of the time, if you bring them up slow, uh, you can see the bubbles. If that happens, you're probably pretty good shape. You never, yeah. never really have to worry about it, but uh, it only comes from when they're deep down. If you're catching foot 15, 20 foot of water, it's not going to affect you. But if you're down 40, 50, 60 feet or more, uh, there's a good chance that if you don't see them bubbles, you better relieve them somehow or you're going to lose that fish. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, well, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll take a minute to you know, thank my sponsors. Sure. Go ahead. Monster Rod Holders, Warrior Cat Rods, uh, Diachi Hooks, TTI Blakemore, uh, Survivor. Yeah, uh, Survivor, I want to stress – you know, I know you guys heard me say the story, but man, what they have done for the catfishing world and changing it, keeping these fish alive, absolutely amazing. That is uh, fact. You know, catfish clothing. If you guys, you know, don't haven't haven't read up on catfish clothing and what they do, what they do for you know our military services and things like that, and their mission as a Christian-based company, you know, take a look at them. And, you know, extreme bait systems. I can't thank them enough for what they're doing. I mean, being able to go out and catch bait a week ahead of time is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I can't thank, you know, I couldn't do what I do without these these sponsors and these people helping me along and, uh, you know, giving me the product and the resources I need to be as successful as what I am. That's that. That is that's very well uh, a fact, and we commend all them guys. And and on the, I know it's a long way for you and Doc, but we have a tournament coming up that we attend every year, fishing for freedom, where we take out military personnel, either active duty or non-active duty, and we take them out for a day of fishing. And that's coming up in Quincy, Illinois, the first weekend in June. And any of you guys that are watching the show, Ben's Chris brought this up about about the catfish clothing line, uh, supporting the veterans and stuff. These guys need more boaters. We've got military people that want to go fishing. Some of them never been fishing. Some of them are very experienced fishing. We need more boaters. Get on Fishing for Freedom, Quincy, Illinois' website or Facebook page and commit to this. I promise you it's the most fun you can have. It's the most rewarding thing that you could ever do in a catfish boat and take care of the people that take care of us. You're right, uh, Daniel. It's the best event of the year. It really is. What's the date on that, Lyle? It's the first weekend in June. It'll be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, they have first, second, and third. Yeah, first, second, third, right. and fourth. Yeah. They have um, they have guys that will uh, take these these people, men and women, out for trap shooting. They'll do archery shoots. They have a huge meal and a promotional. Uh, uh, dinner the night before the, the tournament's on Saturday and you get out of six or seven in the morning I forgot what time it is and you fish till noon or a little after and you come to a weigh-in and when you come to this weigh-in in Quincy, Illinois it is a major deal for this city. It is lined up inside and out. People waving at these these guys that have done so much for us these men and women and you go through the little towns when you're coming through and they're standing out on their porch you know it's a big deal. Uh, we need boaters for this event. You, you guys, I promise you, you'll be 
very happy if you take one of these guys or gals out. Uh, we look forward to it every year. Uh, the tournament's on the 4th. Uh, the dinner is the Friday night before that or uh, Saturday night before that. Uh, if you're traveling and you'll commit to coming to this, you can get a free motel room. Uh, they need, we need to give back to these people like they have given to us. So at least consider it. Yeah, I promise you, you'll enjoy yourself. It's a blast. Chris, thank you for being part of Fish Weekly tonight. I know that we'll be getting you back on here. It's it's always a blast to have you on here. And, and uh, you know, we talked a little bit this afternoon, and, and you and I, Doc, talked a little bit before the show started, as we always do. But uh, the information you shared tonight and the way you help these guys with their question and stuff is 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 outstanding. We appreciate you taking your time to do it. And I know you're, you're running on low on rest, but thanks a lot for – for coming on and helping us out with these questions and stuff. Oh, thank you guys for having me. And, you know, for anybody watching at any time, uh, you know, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. On Instagram and Twitter, it's SlenderCat. On Facebook, just follow me on Chris Souders. Ask a question. Uh, I don't mind answering questions. I don't care if it's 100 questions a day, 1,000 questions a day. I'll help you the best. The best it's I can. <laughs> now, you know, now it may be a day or two, you know, before I get to you. I, I you know, I work a lot of hours. I fish a lot of hours, and uh, you know, I got a wife and a family, so uh, you know, I, I will get back with you, and I don't mind, don't mind answering anything. Just be, be patient, that, you know, and, and I will get back to you. I understand. I go through that. You know, a lot of us go through that all the time and we don't mind helping or answering questions and glad to do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know you're the same way I am. If I don't know the correct answer, I'm going to tell you, I don't, but I'll find it out. You know, if That's I got to right. call, if I got to call doc or I got to call Chris or I got to call somebody, if I don't know the answer and can give you an honest opinion, I'll find the correct answer for you. Uh, but for the most part, uh, you know, as a general rule, most people are asking about things that I've already been through, what makes it easy, but it, it does take time and we don't, none of us mind doing it because we're helping out future people in our sport. And that's what we're trying to do is, is grow catfishing. Yeah. I bug, I bug him all the time. <laughs> I, I talk, I talk to him a lot, but that's good doc. I mean, I get a lot of, we share a lot of, we share a lot of information with each other. That's that's the way it's supposed to be. That's right. right. That's the way it's supposed to be. Thanks for watching tonight, Danny. We appreciate it. Uh, oh, and I, on the, the fishing for freedom, it's not just catfishing on the Mississippi River. Uh, that is one portion of it. They also take people to Mark Twain Lake, and you can go take guys crappie fishing, or you can take them bass fishing. If you'd rather do that, if you're more comfortable with that, just get involved. All right. Doc, let's have a tip for tonight. All right. Every April, and I do this, uh, usually it's right around the end of April. Can't stress enough on safety. Wear those PFDs. If you've got an inflatable, check the expiration. Make sure that little tag down there says it's green. It's ready to go. They only last five years, and then you have to change out the CO2 cartridge. Also, be advised, if you are using an inflatable PFD, 
you need to carry an additional regular life jacket on board your boat. That's right. And that is Doc's tip for the knife. Night. Very, very important. Safety. One, of, one of the good guys that we all know uh, had an accident over the weekend. We're not going to get into that uh, without visiting with him first, but uh, got in the water and, and got out safely. But it was touch and go for a little bit from what I understand. Uh, and, and the reason you need to carry the extra life jacket, because once that thing blows up, it's no good after that. Once you get in the boat, you still right. got to have a life jacket in there for your personal use. So there, the inflatables are a great life jacket, but you have to have one in case one of them goes off. You still have a usable because they are accessible to uh, uh, having to get checked. If you get checked, you don't have one. If it's burned up, you're done. So uh, you, you yep. want to make sure you have everything you need and give it up. Doc, I want to, I want to give away some, some um, Rick wrap stuff before right. we leave. You know, um, we have some products. This is one that's really cool. I like it. I think I showed you guys last week uh, the deal on it opens up. I'm going to offer everybody a package uh, of of several rig wraps. I'm, I, I'm just going to throw some. How many ever fit in the box? Whatever that it is, uh, I'm not going to say it's going to be this box or a regular rig wrap package. We're going to send a – I have some small boxes. We're going to – whatever will fit in that box you're going to get. They will be great products. This is one of the most outstanding things that I've run across in a long time. Like I told you guys last week, for years I've run them, them uh, plastic bags, uh, bags and, and they work. I've used them forever. After I got a hold of this, that's gone. There'll never be another one. There's no comparison to how good these rig wrap products work. So to get in on this giveaway, you have to go to the Catfish Weekly page and tell us that you want to win the Rig Wrap package. Now, uh, it'll be it has to be separate. We got to figure out something to do this, Doc. I tell you what. Yeah. You, to be in on this, you have to send us a message that you want in on the Rig Wrap Rig Wrap giveaway because we're doing the the deal with. Uh, uh, Aaron Wheatley's Monsters on the Ohio. If you guys haven't got involved in that, it's a free chance to spot 100 on the Monsters on the Ohio. You got to get involved with that. But send us a, a, a message on Facebook, and this will apply to people that watch the show live. It'll apply to people that watch it later, whether it be on YouTube or uh, Google or wherever, because there's several venues when it's really getting hard for us to keep up with all the viewers and people that we have. But send us a message on, on Facebook, and next week we will go through this and pull out the, the winner, and somebody will win a package, and, and you'll like it. I promise. It comes from Rig Wrap. You're going to love it, man. It's yep. just awesome. Okay, let me jump in here, Lyle, real quick. Sure. Robert Robert just jumped in there. He goes, how about a Survivor giveaway? Let's do well, it. Let's let's make that happen, Robert. We're gonna yeah, we'll make that now, happen too. This has happened just now in a live thing on our chat, and Robert with Crusher Marine is gonna offer up a giveaway for a survivor unit. Uh, greatest thing for keeping fish alive that's been brought to the world in a long time. Um let me let me get with Robert, and we'll announce that next Monday night on the show, and yep. we'll make sure how we're going to do it. Robert is so good to offer that. 
and to do it. We'll make that happen. We'll make the announcement for a survivor unit for everybody that don't have one. If you don't have one, please go to their website. Check this thing out. It's unbelievable. It's inexpensive, and it saves your fish. So you can't lose with that. What else we got, Doc? I, I just want to say something, and I, you know, we do, we do not take our listeners for granted. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. You know, every every Monday night, the numbers just keep getting bigger and bigger for us. So evidently, uh, Lyle and I are doing something right when we're doing this show. So we appreciate everybody that listened, the questions. You know, just just keep firing them questions at, at us. And Absolutely. If you, if you like the show, tell us that you like the show. If there's something you don't like, tell us. You know, that way we can correct it. You know, it, <laughs> and it, it's it's hard doing a live show. It, it, it really it is. is. You make mistakes, <laughs> and you know, it, it's tough doing. But uh, we appreciate it. You know, on on our our chat, we got everybody in here. So, but we have a good time doing this, and I appreciate it. You know, I've been on the show for a year now, and uh, I didn't think I was going to like it, but I really, I have really liked doing this show. We have a great time, and you and I fish a little bit together now. We have yep. a lot of fun, and 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 here we must be doing something, Doc, because we got Buddy River catfishing. We got Danny Cow yep. on the show. Uh, we got regular dude catfishing. We got a bunch of people in here. And we've got guys that have been watching us for three years. For for a long, long time, yeah. I, it means so much to us because, you know, when we show up to these tournaments and they come, people come up to us and a lot of them say, hey, I'm such and such. Well, I see your name on, the, on, on our chat every week. So I haven't met you, but I almost know you because you ask questions and you make comments and things like that. And it works out really, really good. And uh, I, didn't Robert, mean, I, had, I didn't mean to throw you no, off that's, No, that's fine. Robert, I didn't find that information on the Maumee River yet. I'm still trying to get a hold of a guy that, that uh, actually can give me quality information. I don't want to tell you something that's not correct. Uh, so there we go. But, um, you know, we appreciate it so much. And, and uh, when we have a, a, a guest on like Chris that spends his time, and Chris running three or four days on eight hours sleep, so he's a little bit – Stuff, and we appreciate him coming on and sharing this information with us. Uh, but we'll get people will send us messages. It's like reviews and tell us that they really appreciate what we've done with Chris and, and, and him sharing information. Because let's face it, these guys don't have to do that. You know, Larry no. Muse shared some outstanding information. There's a lot of other guys. Jeff Dodd did too, the Massengill brothers. All these guys shared some really quality information with us over the last three years. And that's how inners learn. And even some of us old guys pick up a lot of stuff from these new guys. These new guys, yeah. Doc, have got some things figured out that we never knew. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, and I think a lot of it is what we're doing right now. Uh, we've got the internet. We can share yeah. information. We never had that. You know, when I started my website, in its infancy, that was 19 years ago. And, uh, you know, I just sat down and typed. Now it's kind of, it's kind of old school. Uh, it's still there, but, uh, nowadays everybody wants to see the video. They want to be watching what right. somebody's doing. So 
That's right. And, and that's where these new guys are really shine. But the, the guys that go to your website, it's still quality, quality information. And you can pick up a lot by going to there and, and get the stuff. Uh, Chuck and I talked about it for years before you was on the show. And, and it was the holy grail of catfishing information for a long time. Well, I appreciate that. So, you know, and you notice one thing, our shows get longer and longer. Yeah, I do. <laughs> We've one been thing, into an hour and a half. It doesn't bother us none. No, so. it doesn't bother us as long as we can keep the viewers, and we're still right up there with some pretty good numbers. Yeah. Uh, we had talked the other day, and and, and promise, guys, we're, we're getting ready to quit, about having banners behind Doc and I. Doc had his banner for Bink's cancer thing. And, and I've had different ones throughout the years. And, and when I have rods that are drying, it's hard for me to do. Uh, but I can move this around. Any of our sponsors that want a banner put up behind us in our backgrounds, and if you're not a sponsor and you'd like to do that, you can be a sponsor by contacting us. And we would like to have enough banners that each week we can rotate them out and have a different one behind us each week. But you guys have to get the banners done and get them to us. Uh, I know I'm waiting on one now from Aaron Wheatley with Monsters on the Ohio. Don't forget, we got a giveaway coming up to about 100. I'm waiting on one for Mississippi River Monster. George and Leslie's going to send us one. We're going to have those banners on there. We're going to help promote these things. You other guys that if you want to promote your tournaments, uh, if you're in the qualifying for NAP Catfish Weekly National Championship, we'll offer you the same deal. Have a banner made, send it to us, we'll help you out. We want to promote catfishing. We want to do it for the right reasons. That's our way of doing it. Thanks yep. for watching Catfish Weekly, everybody. We'll see you next Monday night. Thanks, sir.